No, it's all good. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest edition of the Super Puppy Podcast. I am your host, Tony, aka Chicago Slim, and I'm here with a good friend of mine who I raised in the comedy game. <laughs> I love saying that. Like, I was your birth mother in the nest of comedy. No. I burst forth from your womb. <laughs> well, I was thinking more of an egg. <laughs> to become the comedian that I am today. I was thinking you hatched, but okay. Oh, Russ Green's on the Super Puppy Podcast. Russ Green is in the house. Give it up for Russ Green. Yes, welcome. What up? Thanks for having me. I am very glad to have you here. Russ Green, comedian. Yep. Um, writer for BET. Yep. Uh, family man. Family man. How many? Father of four. Father of four kids, guys. So Loving, this devoted husband. Loving and <laughs> devoted husband. Okay, these are all checks. To a black wife. To a black wife on despite, the podcast. Despite the tonality and inflection in my voice. <laughs> well, that's how we know you got a black wife. <laughs> well, you said that a black wife. Yes, because you know what we, what you doing every day. Social activists will get into some of that. <laughs> Everybody wants to talk about my project. Yeah, you got four kids, and y'all ain't get that from just laughing. I mean, it's hard out here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all know my struggle. I'm, I'm married to Ebony Milf, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got <laughs> The Ebony Milf. <laughs> Being constantly challenged. Um, performer at the Kennedy Center. You'll tell us about that. And then also, you performed at the Knitting Factory yep. in Brooklyn. Big, big shouts to Clark, Kenny. Big Will. shouts to Clark, Kenny, and Will. Yeah. Clark and Will, homies from the shy. Big ups. We're going to have Will here. Gracie needs mics one of these days. Yes. Okay. I got a funny story about Will, but we'll save that for when he comes. Cut it out. (laughs) He just, we'll just say. Pull the receipts on Will. (laughs) We'll just say that Will Miles likes French fries. That's all I'm going to say. Who doesn't like French fries? I had to check myself. I eat French fries every day. Did you? I, I can't yeah. tell you, mighty snatch. I got a good, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a strong metabolism, yeah. but good I, for you, cause I do not. My trainer said I can eat sweet potato fries though every day. Yeah. Ew, it's not the same. I mean, they're good. Grease is grease, man. <laughs> they good, but they they ain't fry fries. They're sweet French fries. What is wrong? What could be wrong with that? Yeah, but the it's texture. Like carnival, carnival food is like healthy. Food. Sweet potato fries are good. I'm not hating on them. You were hating on them. You started off like, strong. <laughs> well, that's because you were comparing them to the original fucking. Sound like the Migos, like potatoes, like <laughs> potatoes win hands down, no fight. Why do potatoes win though? Can we break that down? Like, what is so good about a fucking potato? They're delicious. It's the salt. In it. They're nutritious. No, they're not. There's nothing else <laughs> about a potato. I it's not. It. It's a vegetable. It, first of all, it's a white starch. But what? Oh, cause it's white. Yeah, everything white. He's yeah. <laughs> racist, racist motherfucker. That's why I eat sweet potatoes. <laughs> First of all, brother, sweet potato. Okay. Melanated potato. Okay, so that's what you need to eat, brother. Okay. Please don't <laughs> go racist. <laughs> go to Whole Foods being racist towards your fucking leguimes or whatever they're called. Legumes. Legumes. Yeah, there you go. There we are. Okay. Lego Weems. Lego Weems. I thought you were about the Lego movie. <laughs> no, I'll talk about Lego. the Lego Weems. Okay. I have an accent. It's from Chicago. We pronounce words. The Shy. The Shy. We talked about that. I always got to rub. Okay. Russ, question number one. <clears throat> I'm ready. When and where <clears throat> was your first comedy experience? 
feel like you know the answer, but let me. Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. I've only been doing comedy for a few years now. I'll be. It'll be my seventh year. Amen. March third of this of uh, next year, and uh, that's my wedding anniversary. Oh, shut up. Ironically, yeah. How long have you been married? Ten years. Amen to both of those. Black love in the house. But uh, six months prior to my wedding anniversary, I was walking down the street, and this bouncer on New Street was like, "Yo." Free comedy tonight. Come check out this show. And I was like, you know. A newbie, fresh. No, I wasn't not, I was none of that. Like, you were just, just like a, a regular like, person. I was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> but the wife was like, uh, she gave me a you know night off, which never happens when you have multiple children. Okay, right. So Lucky I was like, you. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Walked up the stairs and I saw you instantly, and you were like, yo. I got a show. You wanna are you a comedian? And I was like, no, nah, but I wanna be, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, alright, well, let's come back next month. Some jokes. Boom. So I dedicated my you know pen to the paper. And then came up there and fell in love with comedy and the rest is history. Boom, y'all heard that first. I was the bird in that nest, okay? <laughs> the Red Lounge on U Street. Yes. Back in what is this, 2011? 2007, 8? That's when you started it? I think so. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, uh, I don't I can't. My brain is fuzzy. Was U Street like black then? Because have you seen it now? It's like yeah, it is not <laughs> black. It's like gray. People are skipping. Yeah, holding hands, singing. I like that I can always smell weed no matter what time of day. I'm on We're going to talk about that because I'm driving down the street and I can smell people's weed inside my closed windowed car. I'm like, that is too strong. That's because Stop smoking that. It's poisoning you. Change the vent setting on your car. Oh, my you God. No, I kept it open because I was like, contact. <laughs> <laughs> Across the street. Imagine <laughs> driving down the street catching a contact guy. I, I felt like I was. I was like, I got to go to work. Y'all niggas playing games. I catch y'all at 2.30. You were triggered. Like, <laughs> oh, you need some weed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she driving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> work is fuck that work shit. Just blow it across it's the street. You. Okay, so Red Lounge, I'd like to big that up because that was Sean and I's brainchild. Brother brother Sean in the back. Okay. Maxie. So it was where, better then. It was better? It was upstairs. Yes. Oh my gosh. So guys, Red Lounge was like just a little hole in wall bar on 14th Street and U Street, DC, Northwest. It's a shitty dive bar. It's a shitty now they've upgraded though. They've got like wool pan, wood panels and hookah. They've stepped it up. They've niggerized it. A million times. <laughs> it's like new money. I just hit the lotto. It is. This. Up in the red lounge. <laughs> and we were upstairs then. And upstairs was so much better. Because Sean had a little DJ booth up top. We had like a little stage area. There was a little back. Yeah, it was a natural platform. Yep. So like the audience was right like baked in. Yep. Like conditioned to be an audience and not on the show. Yeah, let me adjust this for you. Um, yeah, so it was pretty dope, but then due to like the, the building and changes, they ended up moving us downstairs, which had its own. What was the building? Can we walk through that? Was it black tax type stuff? Like no, I think they were thinking about renovating upstairs first, so they wanted, they probably thought that having us downstairs would draw more crowd into the show because it was like that window was right there. Okay. Don't get it twisted. We're not shitting on this because it's a black-owned operation. We're a big fan of them. Yes, Wafa. And the community. Hey, big time. Yes. We love that. Good Wafa time. holds it down. But she was just... it's okay to be a, to be critical of your culture, you know? You yeah. Know what I'm like, I want, I want us to do better. And I feel like it was better back then. 
It was it was better, but Maybe I mean, because you had it back then. <laughs> it's still I know because I was I was in charge. Okay. But you fucked me up that first show. How? Because you had uh, <laughs> Jason Wings well, and Lafayette Wright. Well, I mean, and I was just beginning to tell jokes. <laughs> I put you in the middle. You of put it. me right between <laughs> this motherfucker, Jeff. Learn, learn, learn quick, bruh. Hey, but yeah, like it was trial by fire, though. That's what I, I did appreciate that. But I fucked up all the way. The I mean, time. everybody does. Well, I invited like everybody, yo. <laughs> I, I mean, you're supposed to. Things. No, I should have not done none of that shit. You're supposed to invite a few close friends. You're supposed to invite. Look, new comics, don't invite nobody to your <laughs> shit until you get like credits and then let them see you be awesome all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did they give you feedback? Yeah, they gassed me up, told me lies. <laughs> My mom hated comedy from that point forward. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, my family is cutthroat. We, we can talk some shit about yeah, it. Yeah, tell you the truth. Like, you ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you need that. You need people in your life to tell you you ain't shit. Yeah. That's what happened to Kanye. That's why he's fucked up. Oh, uh, gosh. There's enough people telling him he ain't shit. Kanye West, he... Also from the shy. Also from the shy. I have to speak about him. I'm going to have to have a whole show <laughs> devoted to Kanye, I see. And I'm just going to have different people come in, in and out, because I just have too much to say about that. Brother. I miss him. I miss the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. He missed the old Kanye. Do you think he's... Happy? In the second place. Yes. I think that... Okay, quickly. Please, please break it down. My feelings... Now that he's cooking his third child. Yes. I think that Kanye, when he lost his mom, he lost his grounding. Absolutely. And he had he's he's a balloon. So he has the ability to just fly away unless you tie him tight or hold that thing. <laughs> and his mother passed away and nobody was left to hold it, so then he was just flying. And then wherever he was was when he met whoever he's with now. So they're holding him from that point. I but love nobody. The, the pettiness of whoever he's with now. We will not even name you. Yeah. <laughs> Look what you did to our brother in arms. We are not going to name you. This was our George Bush doesn't care about black people. So, yes, yeah, so Kanye West is floating around. So I just feel like he doesn't have the same level of grounding that a person like him needs. Well, he's not a person anymore. He's. He's a, he's a thing now. He's, he's, he's become commodified. Yeah, and therefore he's lost his identity, and the I think the loss of his mother was so profound, you know, to your point, that it it created this rift. Yeah, it just disintegrated yeah. whatever we thought was actual substance. Yeah, and I mean, but in the same regard, it also opened his mind to you know to for him to do things that he probably wouldn't have been able to do prior to that experience. That Rick, see, this is the argument that always leads me. What? Like, Kanye was always avant-garde, willing to take a risk, like push the art. Yeah. What about where his, are you saying like because he lost his mom, he's willing to like just go off the deep end? Yes, because you know how some artists like, he did have a genre, he had a type of music that he kind of like stayed within when he was performing. And then once his mom passed, he started trying new things. And some people love it. Yeah, to like the EDM electronica shit. Some people, yeah, some people love it. Some people hate it. I personally, he lost me at the New Slaves shit. Oh, I love that album though. Some people did. I do love that album. He lost me. You don't like it, yo? That was Yeezus. Yeezus was when I was like, okay. And that's when he had the Confederate flag bullshit and all this. Was that Yeezus? I thought Yeezus was the one with no cover. That was Yeezus. Oh, shit. 
That was Yeezus when his ass was selling Confederate flag bullshit. Well, the story behind it is he was trying to reclaim it and rebrand it, which is exactly what the Nazis did. People, you see my face? <laughs> is this black man gonna reclaim? We're gonna get real hotep right now. Right? <laughs> First of all, the Nazi insignia <laughs> is an ancient Ethiopian symbol that was co-opted by the Nazis. Look, did you know that? I did not. Right. So, anytime you see an emblem, a symbol that represents something, and what is representative of, people get to define from the culture. And what the Nazis did is co-opted to say it means killing Jews. And and now, if you go to the pyramids in Egypt and you can check all that shit out for yourself, you'll see them. And, and you'll be like, what? The Nazis were like the first. They stole that shit. Like most shit gets done. Look, man, I, I'm just gonna say this now. Okay. Everybody's problematic. I'm problematic. Uh, I'm gonna just tell y'all right now. I don't love anything about the Confederate flag, but I loved everything about the Dukes of Hazard. That shit was fire. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was dope. True stories. What? We're sliding in a door? Black like shooting are jumping over rails. <laughs> the, and Daisy what? and her Dukes. Okay. Oh, Daisy Dukes with no cheeks was still killing back in the day. She though. was killing no it. Cheeks. Everything about the. Uh, she was killing it. That was my show. Yeah. Okay. So we got off on the sidetrack talking about Kanye. Yeah, I mean, isn't he's important. He is important, he but important. he worries me. He just now Jay is important now. Jay Z. He's way more important now. He's he's a real person now. He just got his swag back. Uh, but how he reestablishes swag is critical. It's very man of him. He's an adult now. Dad rap is in. <laughs> is it? Talking about feelings. Tell <laughs> Is that what they? I was listening to Future. He ain't talking about none of his damn kids. <laughs> yeah, Future doesn't claim the kids. We need to address that, Future. I don't know why he don't love the kids until Because he got a lot of damn kids. kids. How many is he have? I know he got three baby mamas. Look, man, let's talk Plus about this Sierra. baby father, baby mama dilemma. A dilemma, okay? First of all, this shit just started being a problem. Right? That's how we got here. Is lots of baby mamas and baby fathers. Okay. Nobody was coming for the baby mamas and baby fathers when it was the Marley's. You know what I'm saying? Everybody loves that nigga. That's true. He got 37 children. Nobody's saying This is true stories. This He's is a, true. If you try to come across, like, with words about Bob Marley, women will cut you. Yeah. I so might cut you. So how future is... Any different? not prophetic because he talks about... It's because of what? His his content. What so does if, he even talk about? I don't hear anything about future. Well, apparently... According to Paris Sachet, Uh-oh. he Shout admitted. Out Shout out to Paris Sachet. Home team. He admits that all the shit he says is lies. He's a rap artist, so he's a, basically a WWF superstar. <laughs> like, I mean, of course it's lies. He's a caricature. You know so I mean, he's I don't know what, what what he supposes to say is he talks about dealing drugs and living in trap houses mm-hmm. and disrespecting bitches. And but that's only being like high six hours in one night. Apparently, it's a lifestyle the... because there's skits where the, the drug people come to the door and they ask for a gram and they want to get it for ten dollars. And apparently, you can't get a gram. I don't even did know what a gram the, is. Did you own the Fuji's the score album? Yes, of course. Okay. Do you think that um, Wyclef John was fighting niggas kung fu style? <laughs> at the food restaurant? <laughs> no, this shit not real. Okay. Stop. <laughs> people to their rap but in my mind I, I was like that nigga Wyclef <laughs> wash up <laughs> <laughs> that nigga Wyclef 
Bucky is like Bruce Lee up in this bitch. Obviously, the two of you. The <laughs> 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 throwback. If you are, if you are a millennial and you're tuning in, the Fugees is a rap group with. Uh, Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill. who Hill. has a bad rap now, but used to be the Who's shit. Also, a baby mama, a Marley baby mama. Ooh, I don't have no problem with. I don't have no problem with baby mamas. It's just the, how they're represented. Are you sure you don't? I ain't got shit. I'll be somebody baby mama at this Who's point. I'll be future baby mama. Look, uh-uh. <laughs> time out. Now back. First of all, future five seconds ago was problematic. Now he you is problematic, but if he was just. Taking care of his kids. Is that what it is or what is it? The money? What is? What is? No, I'm just saying he what's is. What's the appeal of being someone's baby mama? I don't know because I am not. That's not what I aspire to be. But you, you claim. But I thought you would be a baby mama on accident. Like the man didn't really want you, so either we broke up. So you just let him bust raw because. That's what. That's how baby mamas happen these days. <laughs> I. Like I said, ain't nobody's baby mama. Look, you can come up inside of me. <laughs> right. Don't be to raise your kids. Is that what you're but saying? But I ain't raising your kids without y'all helping you being my man. That's what it sounds like a baby mama does. Oh, man. We got so much work to do in the black community. I don't really <laughs> know. I'm hard. I, I'm the worst person. I have a cat, okay? Yeah, cat ladies are a special. <laughs> Shout out to Ginger. Where you at? <laughs> Shout out to Aviola. He just came in. Say what's up yeah. loud. What's up? Okay. Aviola in the house. Um, okay. We digress. We did. We were talking about sex in the future and why Maybe mama's Kanye is problematic because of Oh, Kanye, it just named. hurts my heart. Okay. So speaking of doing your worst, doing your worst. as we're transitioning from yes. Kanye. Let's talk about <laughs> what was your worst comedy experience? Ooh. Absolute worst. Okay. So I was hosting this show um, at Tabak. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, as the host, you know, one third member of Homegrown Hilarity. Hey, yeah. You know saying shout out to Rallo and Keith. Like yeah. you got to be representative of greatness. You know what I'm saying? This is your show. This is your work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I fucked around and I smoked some weed before the show. Never do that. With fucking black ass Tyler Richardson. I'm putting your business out there, nigga. <laughs> Damn. And he was like the the you know the hot nigga at that time. Uh huh. So he performed without hitch. I got on stage and suddenly fell into this like vacuous tunnel situation. Yeah. Where I couldn't figure out if I was standing or floating, and I couldn't like it just fucked up my timing and I was a disaster. And it just fucked up the momentum of the show. So every time, you know, as the host, every time you have to reset, to yeah, the person on this audience is like, oh, not this nigga again. Uh, never be that nigga. Never be that nigga. And I went home and I cried in the car like a bitch. No, did you I, cry? Yeah, I, was so, I was so hurt, man. I was like, this is, you leaving your family to go do these jokes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got kids at home. You got a wife that wants you to I'm be sorry. next door. You know what I'm saying? You got a real job, nigga. You make a How are you fucking up your life? <laughs> bombing on your show as a host. Nigga, like, ah, oh, that shit hurt so bad. Damn, now. that is. that's too bad. I'm sorry. That hurt my heart. But you know what? I feel like it. What'd you learn from it? Yeah. I feel number one, you gotta be, you know, aware, you know what I'm saying, self-aware. Like, if you know you're out of it, own it, you know, at the, at the outset. Yeah. Like, I could've just said, hey, y'all, I'm high as shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't even I'm continue. I'm just gonna bring these comics up so y'all can have a good time, because I'm in another strategy. Yeah, like, I can't you know even do this right now. But the other thing is, like, respect your art, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta know what you're, you're out there to do something. You're not just on the mic. Yeah. You know I mean? So, uh, 
I feel like that's important. And B, you know, be a business person. You know, as a producer. Yeah, stay focused. Our host. Yeah, you got to be focused. Like, people, you know, black people are very particular about how we spend our leisure time. Yes, we are. Because we can't just spend all day toiling and sleeping. And then fuck around and go to some shit that's not worth our time. You know what I'm saying? So, even yeah. Though, even though it's a free show. First of all, y'all niggas was too hard on me because it was a free show. It's free. <laughs> okay, we used to do that long and strong. Free shows? Free show. Shout out to free shows. Uh, rest in peace, free shows. We're, never, we're not doing that anymore. No, death to the free show, nigga. You know, everything you want from black folks from this point forward. You got to pay. Is is high top dollar. <laughs> okay. Our shit is fire. Top dollar. Okay, so as we continue talking about um, comedy, so what what is generally your motivation for writing? So do you like take it from, notes from your life, your family? Are you like one of those like you walking down the street and you jotting down notes, or do you have like time where you sit and write down comedy? So how, what's your writing process like? I live in my head and I read a lot, and whatever is like what touches me, um, either in a deeply emotional way or like a just if I think something, I laugh out loud. I, I put it out there. Yeah, it, you know, I'm just. Social media is about, for me, just, like, kind of fielding purposes. Like, okay. All right, what are the people listening to? What do they think about, you know, what, what this perspective on, the, you know, what the topical issue is of the day? Or my constant thread is always, like, being a father, white supremacy, like, toxic masculinity, like, you know. All of the what, major things. Black women are everything, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, thematically, like, what I pull from in my bag. But also, I just, just life happens. If you're not, like, a real person, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to draw from anything. Yeah. So for me, you know, being a husband, being a father, being an employee, being a business owner, you know, they have a lot of different bags to pull from. Yeah. So do you use your blackness a lot when you do can comedy? Can you use your blackness? Is that a thing? Like I can draw from it? Yeah. I, I draw from that shit on the regular. Melanin. <laughs> Hold on, I got a little satchel of melanin. <laughs> Sprinkle some of that on this chicken. Your blackness. I think uh, blackness is, is my reality. Yeah. So if you're asking, do I use my reality? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, there's things that, that, you know, I live with five people. You know right. <laughs> so, like, a lot of my people. blackness is, like, part of that experience of, you know, being a father and a husband. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, little shit. Like, my daughter's the funniest person in the family. Oh, like, snap. By a mile. I you love know what I'm saying? So things that happen to her, like, I have my perspective of what she experienced. She has hers. And that just, you know, makes for a better narrative. You know? I love it. So it's just like uh, the whole experience now is just being authentic. You know what I'm saying? Just being transparent, not having no shame in my game at all about you know, how I walk through life. And just if people fuck with me, you fuck with me. You know? <laughs> hey, I'm Lucky I'm you. I'm gonna be 40. You know? Hey, welcome like, to, to the other side. Oh, not yet. Give it 20. I mean, you know, we'll be over here. <laughs> oh, 19? Time, yeah. Oh. You can hold on to that shit. Yeah, I'll I will keep it because I cannot give it back. I got an 18 month timetable. You know, I'll be on your <laughs> I'm already in this bitch. No, but something about 40 is like not giving a fuck. It, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as I was approaching 40, yeah. My mind was releasing things that I would want. <laughs> and people. And people. And I, All the nouns. Persons, places, and things. And I was gone. like holding on to things. Things that would piss me off were just not. And now I'm just like, you know what? I really don't have any fucks to give you. Yeah. And I'm not sorry for it. Nor should you be. Nope. Unapologetic about my lack of fucks. I have none. Like, I literally don't. I mean, I have some for my family, but they better... Get in while the getting is good, because those are dwindling. No, I'm sure. <laughs> I used to be full of fucks. 
And then I had kids, and I was like, fuck all that. Like, this is what's important, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it helps you realize what's important. You have to have some. Nah. My only fucks are Like, if you see a dog or a squirrel in the street, you're gonna, like, hit the brakes. I got these four kids. I'm about to swerve or stop suddenly and get hit because your dumb ass is in the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the reason. Maybe that's the next level of fucks. I need kids or something because I'm like, oh, squirrel move! that uh, very smart brothers article which one it was like um, people before animals be like I was talking about how <laughs> no, no. <laughs> people over animals I love very smart brothers <laughs> my boy Corey Richardson writes for them okay nice there's a question Put the do question. all laughs matter because now you can think about it usually I ask because these are it's mostly focused on comedians that are standing on stage and you're like doing that but now that you also write you know you get your laughter in a different way yeah so sometimes originally the question was more centered around like you know how you get little light chuckles and then you know you perform or whatever and then those laughs don't ever really graduate to that big like ah. yeah niggas aren't running up and down the aisle yeah right <laughs> throwing shit like a church that's what we want yeah get out of your seat yeah like clap snap we want all that shit I told you <laughs> right <laughs> that. So, if you don't get that and you get the little light laugh, do you still feel feel the? Do you still leave the club feeling satisfied? Uh, no. I think the the soft answer is no. Like the most immediate answer is no. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, like, um, I don't know if this is true for everybody in performing arts, but it probably is. You can you hear in a different way on stage, and I can yeah, you do as a performer. I, I know when you're being authentic, and so if you give me some like complimentary laugh I'm you could tell heated right yeah. now I'm like how dare you you could tell yeah cause I wrote this shit I <laughs> to put this joke together right how dare you give me the <laughs> oh, laugh like y'all not listening it's like you texting and trying to listen at the same time it's like I need you focused yeah I mean but I do a lot of shit that's really subversive and like heavy you mm-hmm. know, yeah you like, do my subject matter is pretty intense so I'll I can walk away with a groan you know what <laughs> you're like yes like if you like if a, a gasp like nigga if you just stare at me wide eyed you know what I'm saying like yeah. there's a lot of things I can take but a good guffaw is it's, it's like, always the win yeah, like, yeah. Like, you I like when people choke I like when people spit the drinks <laughs> out I like when people snort snort is my number one favorite especially if she's sexy you get a black woman to snort you're the funniest nigga out there. I don't care what anybody tells you, you know? that's critical. Russ, I will tell you guys, his his comedy does challenge some boundaries I sometimes, do. and he will, like, if don't come for him while he's on stage, cause your face, <laughs> you will be feeling like a piece of shit, <laughs> and your mama, and her. He'll talk about her period or something. Hey, look, if your mother's period is heavy, <laughs> you talk about if that. She don't have shit. the right size maxis. I'm coming for her. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna talk about the blood stains on her bed. <laughs> And she ain't don't even be there. That's how deep it is. With her ugly ass. Right. Russ will come for you. So I'm just warning y'all. If you're in the audience, just zip it and enjoy. No, but the other side of I mean, the question is, I feel like all lives matter sounds like all lives matter. Like, well, and the reality is like we're in this age where we're trying to police ourselves more, you know, and we're trying to say, is it okay for me to think this is that's the truth because some jokes like even Dave Chappelle when he did his stand up and people were having issues with his jokes about rape and yeah. some of the other things oh what was what was other, the transsexuals he did another joke yeah about that and people were having issues with it but like if we go back like Richard Pryor and all these other like Red Fox they would say things that would challenge the status quo but you would just 
allow for it because it's comedy. Well, I think Pryor is difficult to use as a comparator only because his life was about a lot a of little, hardships. Yeah, he had a little was, bit like, more very much his reality. Well, Dave's shit was hard. He turned down $5 million, $50 no, think, million. Dollars. See, I think what, Isn't that hard? It'd be hard for me, nigga, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, say that in jest. Ooh, just thinking about it. Did you play that Powerball? No, <laughs> I did not. My mother did, though. It was, what, did somebody win? And one person won that day. Bless them. Fuck them. <laughs> if I see one more duck blue collar. And Trump is like, see, I told you. Told you it would work for you. We're going to make America great. I told you. President ass. Trump, I'm tired of winning. Oh, <laughs> my God. Help us. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think, um, I think we're very much trying to be more considerate of others in this age because we're... This is true. We're well in the capacity that people, more people are judging us now, right? Like we're like, oh, I can be problematic, but let me make sure I follow my piece of yeah. and shit. Um, and I think we want to have more inclusivity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think what what struck people about Dave is that Dave was always like, you know, bringing people to form, like calling people on their shit. Yeah. But now Dave's been a celebrity for like 20, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he's not the same It's a Dave different anymore. person, yeah. Now he's Dave Chappelle, the comedian. He talks about that in his special. So like his lens is going to be entirely different from us on the ground. Before last year, I didn't know any trans people. Yeah. And now five people. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot. In the comedy circle, that's the most, the people that are, you know, uh, like most, Authentic, most genuine there are experience. five trans people in the comedy scene? Yeah, easily. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is DMV, so, you know, we got... Yeah, we're open, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, people are people, and people have human experiences. If you victimize someone in your joke... They're going to be out there waiting for your ass. Yeah, like, that's like, nigga. Remember that shit you, you said? Right. <laughs> you, know what I'm you do your joke. Why well, I got to be the butt of your joke? So that's why I only come for white people. Okay. Because white people, y'all need to hear it. <laughs> they, they, they don't like it either, but they'll laugh like, oh, you right, you got us. It's like, whew. <laughs> <laughs> we made it out of that alive. We'll take it. We'll take it. can't believe I paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> and then shake your hand after the show. Yeah, you were fantastic. Right. Thank that you. Thing. I really enjoyed. You said that white people ain't shit. I mean, I felt <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know we aren't. <laughs> they know, y'all know. They know. Get your people, man. Get your peeps. Just like you know, gather yourselves together and talk about real. Just shit. have a meeting. Just have one meeting. Okay, so that was any. Okay, so final comedy question. Final comedy question. Is it the final one? No, I mean, is it ever? Damn. <laughs> is it ever really the final? Okay. So, right now you're writing for BET. Right now, yep. So, do you write for BET.com or is it the... Yeah, everything about BET is primarily from their digital space. Oh, okay. Right, the... We just got to be cognizant of what's happening in our society now. TV is less... Yeah, people are breaking that cord, getting rid of cable, you know, and then... I have... Right now, I have a fire stick. I don't even have... Look, let's be real. Niggas be stealing other people's Netflix. I mean, well, my, I, I, my Netflix is a part of somebody's shit. I pay for Netflix and now. HBO goes. Okay, if it's not Game of Thrones. Why well, use my mom's? Or Let's Insecure. In the family. Or what have you. Or Underground before they cancel it. It's, it's canceled? Oh, man, they canceled it. Damn. I mean, where were they going to go? With? Let's do a, a moment of silence for Underground. I mean, we could do that. But where, 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 where is the show really going? 
We already in the future. Where they running to? It was an action movie. Yeah, but if you running black for freedom and black people are free, later. and then we are. Are we free, though? I mean. Oh, so ne- that show could go on forever. Forever. <laughs> That's why they were like, we need to just cancel. We don't have the budget to manage the show. God damn. The longest running show ever. Underground. (laughs) (laughs) Underground, 2017. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just old girl journey that she old, gray hair, shit. Damn. Look, underground is real. It's resonant because, like, all the shit they talk about is still happening. It's still a child trafficking. You okay. I mean? Okay. If we go, shit. if we go with these global things, global there's, things. There's still the nigga that's trying to make the white people happy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's, so they can get along. I saw one of those just now. Shit. There's, there's very few Harriet Tubman, and that's when the season ended, and they canceled it. And Harriet Tubman was about to get busy, and we needed to see that. As that's a why they would cancel it. See, you know what I'm saying? They would cancel it right when the strongest sister about to come in and wreck, wreck shop. Also, I don't feel like, like see? the reality is we don't get to have three seasons. Anymore. Black people or we as like a society? No, black culture, black oh. shows. We don't? Nah. Like, you know, that's what happened with Chappelle's show. Underground two seasons, Insecure got renewed. Rest in peace to uh, Chewing Gum, which was my shit. There's no, not going to be no third I, season. you know. <laughs> I miss it already, Michaela Cole. I love you. If she's you're coming out back there, with I'm something else, I guess. I no, saw this. In the music. She's just super talented. She's like you. She's like a multi-hyphenate. So she can do multiple shit. She's always writing. She yeah. got her honor that she told a story that was authentic. So she's, you know, creative. She's got juice. But I wanted to see what happens. That show, y'all, I just, I got to try it again. I just couldn't. Why do you have to try it again? Something because when initially I was just, like, confused. About how funny it was? Yes. <laughs> you like, I was just like. You were like, why am I laughing so hard? I just. I need to try it again. Sometimes, you guys, sometimes I'll be with y'all for stuff. Did you watch it with the subtitles on? No. That's what you did wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So, subtitles, okay. Because it's hard to catch what they're saying because she's so quick. Yeah. But every, literally everything that comes out of her mouth is funny. Okay, I could trust that because I, it's too many people that I know who are funny that are like, oh my God, the show. And I'm like, I. It's kind of like, like chewing gum and Kodak Black. Those are the two things that I'm not. Kodak Black? How's that even? Kodak name? Yellow. What is it? Bodak Yellow. Bo- <laughs> How dare you come for Cardi B? No, no, no. I'm not coming for Cardi B. I love Cardi B. Okay. The actual girl, human, doing her thing. Because you know her personally. So no, you- like, I just... So what are you saying, Tony Money? I like her as a character. Okay? That's fair. I, can't. I just want the record to reflect that Tony wants to have Future's baby. Yeah. Can't stand I didn't say I literally was it. It's a mind it's a baby. It's not going to be a real baby. Bodak Yellow, I said it on this Super Puppy podcast, is the juicy of our current generation. Oh my God, that's a lot of strong the words. Shit, the shit gives you chills. You can chills tell that the story is real. You know that shit goes hard in the clubs. Uh. They're whips. It's speaking to some real shit. When, look, this speaking sh- to some real shit. Look, nigga, she talks about her struggle. Yeah. She talk about red Manolo Blahniks. Who got? That's you just, got some? That's just the hook. I'm sorry, you got some? That's just the hook. That's a struggle. Nigga, Last thing I, I checked, Manolo Blahniks cost eight hundred dollars. Hey, look, have you ever been popping that pussy though? <laughs> I mean, that's nothing. How a family show? Would you get eight hundred dollars. See, that's what she's talking about. She don't have to get the money that way anymore. Now, these. 
these bars. My okay, I don't want to digress. My concern with the song, Party which I'm working power. on, is the actual quality of her rapping. I just, it doesn't. Okay, right now we're gonna take a break. Because Tony's gonna spit her bars to talk about as a comparator. No, as a but see, we're not talking about me. We're talking about Cardi. Look, Cardi's, uh, Cardi's for the culture. Like, uh, this is <sighs> sister from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? She's. Like, I'm working she's on. She's about that. her music. She's. It's clear that Cardi B is a persona that she's created. I like that and persona. The shit, and the shit works. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's people are. It, re- it resonates with people. If you see that shit out in the street, niggas always want to throw their hands. They bumping it, yeah. And I, miraculously. Look, did you come up like Cardi? Did you come up like, okay, better yet. Did you come up like Biggie Smalls? Yes. You did? No. You had to sell drugs to get your daughter to go to, you know what I'm saying, school? No, I actually came up like Will Smith, I think. (laughs) 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 In West Philadelphia. This is, see, everything goes back to Kanye. We're more like Kanye. Middle class black folk. Yes. Coming from a very privileged life. Judging niggas that struggle. <laughs> no, and then blow up and be whack. Yeah. No. <laughs> Cardi B, I love you. Cardi B, I, I do love you too, girl. But I just, you know, sometimes some lyrics, it's just not for me. And I like trap music and I like people that can't rap too. Right, but it's everything. something. See, let's see, this is about the spectrum. Everything <laughs> can be Rakim quality lyricism. I mean, you ain't even whack Rakim quality. But it's something. Why do you keep talking about this nigga? I'm just, because we just was talking about him an hour ago. Let's pick somebody else. Drake. Oh, he's another fuckboy. Okay. Why are we doing this? Let's pick somebody else. J.I.D. You know J.I.D.? Alright, uh, <laughs> let's talk about J. Cole. Okay. Like J. Cole? J. Cole. J. Cole can rap. He got a flow. The way. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about lyricism. Right. So that's what that is, right? The flow? No flow. It's just like the rhythm, the cadence. That's what I'm about. <laughs> so, Cardi <laughs> so B's like hitting on the punchline. No, she be like, duh, 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 duh. It just sounds like <laughs> that to me. You're not going to talk about my future. I don't think. <laughs> Cardi B on this podcast. Yeah, I said it. I finally got it out, guys. That's the reason why it's I can't get hate. past it. It's just unfiltered it's like, hate. <laughs> duh. <laughs> She's so wrong. The rap sounds dope. I mean, I love Cardi for her everything that she came up from and her ability to make. You're gonna judge her by something she can't control. I I said, was it sounds like? (laughs) And you know it does. That's why I'm laughing. But now I'm fucked up, and I'm gonna be blasted off. Wrong for that. They about to drag you. Damn, it's out there You're now. You're about to lose all 55 of your followers. <laughs> I know, <tomorrow>. shit. <laughs> it's actually nine, but we're, <laughs> we're working on it. Ooh-wee. Cardi! Come through, Cardi. Yeah. Hashtag Cardi. <laughs> coming for Cardi. Coming for Cardi B. I'm sorry, bro. I wasn't coming for you. I'm just saying, like, I got old school rap ears. Mm. Speak so on, speak on the old school rap here. So you know, I'm like, I'm like an old, I'm like, I'm you, you a millennial. I'm not. So I like to hear rap that's like flowing, that it sounds good with the music, like the like music, Luke. like no, <laughs> like, like, like too short, like, like tribe, <laughs> tribe called Quest. Man, who's going in on tribe? 
is gonna hit on top. You can't deny the way it just flows melodically in your ears. Yeah. Cardi B got a good rap. She a good character. She got a good beat. I'm sorry. She's a good character. But the the the, the, the that's it. Just See, not. This, is, this is the age old hip hop argument. The body shoes. The rappers versus the lyricists. You know what I'm saying? And then who gets to have the acclaim? I'm a I'm a I'm a lyricist. If I had to choose. All right, what's, who's your top five? Oh, he looks good. I just love how it turns on the on the on the host. We're now interviewing your ass. Okay. <laughs> my shit, Cardi B. We're coming at you. I love Cardi B. Okay. Top five. <clears throat> they about to be old as shit. I don't be like <laughs> Granddaddy James. Y'all might not know him. Black ass Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> he had some bars. Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I said a hip hop. <laughs> hip, 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 hop, the dope, the dope stop. That was the jam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and a two, <laughs> and a three, four, five. <laughs> oh, okay, for real. No, we're not gonna do your top five. Thank you, guys. We don't want to date you on a Too much pressure. Okay. I already did, you know, Uncle I, Joe. I feel like this is a spectrum of folks. <laughs> Yeah. Bootleg Johnson <laughs> <laughs> and Grandma Spriggs. <laughs> Titty Smalls. Uh, yeah, man. I got a tear in my eye. Wow. Okay. You gotta stop hating. The hate. You gotta, <laughs> see, when you let the hate out and you, you bring joy to it, you feel better about yourself. You do. Okay. I'm all, sorry, Cardi. Please don't blacklist matter. me, boo. <laughs> all laughs matter. Okay. We're gonna switch gears a little bit and talk about. Continue to talk about rap music, um, and then also talk about how it affects. Okay, so my, one of my issues with the Cardi B song is that I get a lot of flack because I like trap music. Why? Because First I of all, fuck everybody doesn't like trap music because that shit is. <laughs> Thank you. That shit feels good. It does. It helps you. <laughs> you can get shit done when you put that trap on. Especially if you want to feel like an OG, because I feel like I'm always trying to We're feel like. We're all out here trying to stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I need some reminders of what it means. So if I listen to trap, I I have the ability to detach from it and just listen to it as music and not own all the things that are like that's why trap exists so i can detach from my reality exactly but then some people tell me that even when you think you're not attaching to it subconsciously this stuff is seeping into your like conscience you know what i think of those niggas what i think the same people that say like you should never smoke crack one <laughs> <laughs> you be a pipehead sucking dick in the alley. Like, I thought is. that's what happened with crack, no. though, for real. <laughs> I thought, you, I thought See, you hit it once and that was it. That's how good propaganda is. <laughs> propaganda works. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's not, it's not real. Some people have addictive personalities. It's all about um, what you're feeding yourself. If you play it over and over and over again, that's all that you listen to. Sure, you're going to be conditioned by that. It's like, it's like if you keep plugging into the news and listening to Trump every day, you're going to be fucking exhausted. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? Listen to this motherfucker. And scared and terrified world. for your life. But you don't need to plug into that shit all the time. If you want to, after a fucked up day, dealing with them badass kids, put on some fuck shit. And turn up. And turn up in your car. And it gets home. you back to level <laughs> zero instead of negative anger. You're good. It's all love, yo. But by intoxicating beat every now and then. That beat, it's the beat. That beat, though. It's that beat, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's that beat, though. (laughs) So you said something that resonated, though. Like you said, propaganda works, right? All art is propaganda. Okay. Propaganda is positive propaganda. 
So I was reading this article that was posted on djbooth.net, uh, written by a fellow by the name of Morgan Olson, how he talked about how rap's biggest stars are depressed and inadvertently it's making their friend, their fans depressed, okay? So it leads us into saying that, you know, music has all been always been the purest expression of emotion and sometimes we're feeling things we can't put that into words, but then an artist will do that and then we're, be- you know, so beautifully that we can't help but attach to the music and the artist. Um, yeah, you feel connected. Like, oh my God, this my song was written for me and now I love you. And then you betrayed me like Kanye and now I have to find a new artist. But we won't get into that. We already talked Rest about it. <laughs> we already talked about Rest him. Rest in peace. So it, oh my God. So then he goes on <laughs> to talk about Little Uzi Vert. And he has that song. Oh my friends are dead. Push me to the air. Have you heard this one? I heard my brother actually put me on last month. I was in Cali. Your friends are dead, that bro. That sounds like some fucking, you know, emo, like I want to kill myself shit. Like, and he's like top of the charts. But first of all, let's let's just let's just do, you know, brass tacks. Sad music has been out forever. Niggas but all my themselves. friends are dead. Hey nigga, if you pour in the hood, niggas be getting shot up. You know what I'm saying? Niggas die out there. If your your fans locked up, if you're if you don't have employee, you know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe they're not dead, but they're dying. You know what I'm saying? We're all out, out here conscious. You know what I'm saying? We're not about like living real lives. We're not living whole, full emotional lives. And this is a brother talking. So brothers are in a fucked up state alone just off of toxic masculinity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Explain you, what that is. What is that? So toxic masculinity basically um, in the simplest form is saying there's one way to be a man. And if you are not living that frame and within the boundary of what we define as manhood, then you're a bitch, right? Like that's, damn. that's effectively what it is. So it says Well damn to, you know, like follow one drum. Or be a bitch. Or be a bitch. And, and to be ostracized <laughs> from society. So so those men who buy into that patriarchy and nonsense become fuckboys. You know what I mean? Like the the people that are out there saying like, okay, I got money. I got a house, I got a car, I should be fucking bitches all the time. That's toxic masculinity. Yeah. Right? The people that says, you know what I'm saying, the only time I cry is when, you know, I go to my grandmother's funeral or when I give my daughter away. You're a, you're a bitch. Right? Yeah. Like, you're not being a human being right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're saying, <clears throat> like, you're, a man is supposed to be hard at all times. Right? Yeah. It's supposed to be the, the absence of emotion. It's supposed to be strong. Like, black women do it. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to be strong all the time, and just no matter what comes our way, we can take it. Right. You know, no, that's what's that's largely been self-destructive to the black community. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this thing that we can just take all of these atrocities and assaults and, and just still be strong and smiling and, and be like, "Thanks, boss." Yeah. <laughs> what else you need me to do? Right. Like get the fuck out of here. Yo. Um, you know, for me, and just from a very personal place, uh, you know, I had to address, you know, as a father and as a husband. Mm-hmm. And how that impacts other people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I, um, largely, like, I like to rail against the white man. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, but to some degree, I've bought into the white man's regime in the capacity that says, 
Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. So when I started comedy, to bring it full circle to how we started, you know, I was a six-figure nigga. I had a family sit down. I had a fucking badass house. Oh, so shit. I had two babies. You know what I'm saying? I was a beautiful black wife. You know what I'm saying? I was the black guy I was supposed to do. I wasn't happy. Yeah. Why? You know what I'm saying? Why not? Because I, I wasn't living my life. I was living the life that they, the, the playbook they told me to follow. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole nother chapter out there for me that I hadn't discovered. Right. Uh, until I was birthed forth from your thunder thighs. <laughs> <laughs> from my wings, damn it. <laughs> my wings were burned. Until that thigh meat pushed me out. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's a bird, damn it. No, it's about the way that we have caged masculinity. We have defined it to be this very limited thing, and it makes us very susceptible to self-destruction yeah because you have to you're, you're living up to a norm that you're not really 100% a part of so if you don't match that it will destruct yeah and it's also like the way that uh, the way that it becomes toxic is this reality that uh, you know we as black men walk around, around with a lot of frustration and anger about our station in life and if we are not uh, careful self-destructive but destructive towards others yes and that leads to the destruction of lives namely black women so when we're talking about what's toxic about masculinity it's this reality that because we're trying to in an effort to appease other men who are also broken we're destroying the people around us and that's why I like you know, the second leading cause of death of black women is domestic violence intimate partner violence Oh, I thought you were gonna say heart disease, but no, it's it's niggas killing women. It's niggas thinking women are females, bitches. So Ooh. then, do you think that the music music plays a part in creating this toxic masculine environment? Have you heard music? <laughs> right. Like if you're, if it's across the spectrum. If you if you're talking about country music, pop music, rap, uh, the, the shit is the shit is sad. Like the women are largely objectified. And, look at television how women are represented it's always about their sexuality is their cachet right? yeah um, that's, that's what makes insecure interesting right it's like oh wait you can be messy but you can still have your shit together yeah right <laughs> right and it's like wait these kinds of blacks I'm not I'm not familiar with these kinds of blacks toxic masculinity is why Lawrence is a fuckboy ugh Lawrence because Lawrence is supposed to be the good dude that you love but this nigga was literally like sleeping on her couch not, a slouch. Not, not digging her down the way that she wanted. A to slouch. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I got this business plan. I know, for some whack ass woo Like I mean, Lawrence, like I feel you. You played by the rules. You did everything you're supposed to do, like I did. And that's where I realized I was a fuck. Yeah. But if you're not gonna be self aware enough to say I want to be beyond this, I want to better myself. I want to constantly make a self assessment and improve. So if some people look for that self-awareness in music, but if the music is telling you to continue to be this way, how, where do you find it? Music doesn't tell you anything but what's happening in the culture that you're ignoring, right? Say so that again. Music doesn't tell <laughs> that was anything deep. but what's happening in the culture that you're ignoring, right? That's great. Like music is about self-expression and authenticity and what is happening in society. And the reality is that a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are having 
mental, emotional hardships. A lot of people are having lives that are not fully realized and mm-hmm. fulfilled. And because of that, they need some kind of outlet. They need some kind of outreach. I cry for help. Hey! Yeah. This shit hurts. <laughs> you know yeah. Hear me. Are you hurting too? Yeah, nigga, I am. All my friends are dead. You know what I'm saying? Push like, me to the edge. Push me to the edge, yo. Like, if this fucking, if my boss says one more shit, I'm, I'm running up in this shit. I'm, I'm killing yeah. this. Like, that shit is a reality. But normally, because we're not all psychotic, right? We're not all sociopathic. We don't run up in our jobs. We run up in our homes, and we hurt the people. And abuse, right. The people that are creating like this, this life. Like the sister, uh, in Capitol Hill, Capitol Hill, right? Just uh, just this weekend, uh, pregnant, you know, mother too. Mm-hmm. Her uh, baby father, keep it consistent and thematic. Right. Set her on fire. What? This is a reality. What do you mean, set her on fire? Doused her in a uh, accelerant and set her on fire. Right. So. For what? Because he is a man that believes that his opinion is all that matters. Because he has been entrusted with the reality that, that he lives in the patriarchy that says that because he's a man, certain things should be afforded to him, like women that bow down on their knees and you know celebrate them as kings and, and you know make make the little the minimal effort that they do seem like. It's is she all right? Is she perfect. still alive? She's ninety percent burnt. Oh her my body. god! She is alive in the capacity that she is breathing and her heart is beating, but she's also a mother of two with a baby in her womb. The baby is still. Who was born prematurely because of the trauma, um, seven weeks prematurely. Like this is the reality. Like, and in, in, for me, it took the experience of like. <clears throat> uh, in My mouth is wide open. Okay. In, in writing for BET, you know, they had me do certain assignments. One of the assignments was violence against women, and uh, I plugged into to two programs. One was a local in my sister's place. This is domestic violence. Oh, I thought you meant literally. I'm no, like, no, no, oh. No, no. That does sound like that. <laughs> one of my sister's place. And they, they use this curriculum to uh, rehabilitate uh, men who have women. Oh, wow. For six months. Is there a rehabilitation? I very much believe so. Like, um, in, in the thematic where we were saying, like, all of us are problematic, right? You know, I had to recognize and identify myself as, you know, having abusive controlling behavior. Just in the capacity that says, like, you know, how I respond to things is aggressively. That's I got I think, you. That's how I think I resolve things. If I just say it louder, right? Yeah. It's also <laughs> right? What about toxic femininity? Because I get loud too, goddamn. Toxic femininity is, I think, an Oh, a thing. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a thing, but I think it's symptomatic of the patriarchy that says there's a certain success, you know, merit or quotient. You know, if you do these things, you'll be successful. Yeah. That's why Hillary had to wear shoulder pads. And pants and shout down niggas in pants suits. You know, right. Like that's what that's about. It says if you're not like me, you're not gonna win. Right. So you know, uh, it's easy to just like black people can't be racist against white people, but we can be racist against ourselves mm-hmm. because racism is anti-blackness. We can be we can subscribe to it. Yeah. In the same way, when we combine to the patriarchy and say, you know, I'm gonna be self-destructive towards my group. Tear you down for not being the woman that I'm not. Yeah. Like, this is deep. Like, uh, my wife and I were talking about this shit in the car, like, on the way over here. Like, uh, you know, she's a mother of four. Mm-hmm. And she's a black woman who's working in corporate America. And she's a dark skinned black woman mm-hmm. in corporate America, graduated from HBCU. 
So they already have suspicions against her. Yeah. And one day of the week, she walks out the house with one of her kids' hair is not done properly. Yeah, she's Niggas judged. Niggas want to come from her. Yeah. And it's not me. You know what I'm saying? It's not Sean. It's you. Yeah. It's your sister, right? So that's, yeah, that's the way that we can police ourselves unnecessarily and hold ourselves, you know, to this this framework, this boundary that keeps us very much caged. So what's the answer? Where do you see the hope for our people? Where do you see the hope for the development of greater mind frames? Number one, you have to own, like, that you have unhealthy thoughts and behaviors, and you have to seek help. Unhealthy meaning like I'm about to smack the fuck out this bitch. Unhealthy meaning just as simple as the only way I know how to respond to a situation is aggressively. Or passive aggressively. Yeah, I mean That's the thing too. Yeah, passive aggression now. (laughs) Let's not play ourselves. Passive aggressiveness is um, just as terrible. It is. It's it's because it's about tearing down and not building up. Right? There's uh one of the things I learned in writing for uh, this piece was like the formulation of models. There's mm-hmm. assertive, there's passive, there's passive aggressive, and there's aggressive. Mm-hmm. Assertive is what you want to move towards. Assertive is about these are, my wants, these are my wants and needs, right? But that assertiveness requires uh, what my therapist likes to talk about is authentic engagement. I have wants and needs, but your wants and needs matter as well. Here's how we're going to negotiate and compromise. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we don't know how to talk anymore. We're in a very much tear down, gotcha. Drag you culture. It it's is like the, the truth. Shit on my girl Cardi B. That's what our reality is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, to, to, to be destructive. You I don't want to. I love her. No, you don't. You don't. You do when you don't. You love what she is, but you don't love who she is. You know what I'm saying? No, I do love who she is because I follow Cardi from VH1. So when she was. Oh, on, so you already ratchet. So look. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's even worse for me to not like it. Because I don't like it because of the way it sounds. It has nothing to do with her or what she's doing. It's just the way that her voice sounds to me. Whoever passed that shit through is an asshole. So think about all those kids out there like Cardi. You sound like her. They can't do nothing about her. They should not rap. I I don't have skills to rap. I want to rap. I would love to be a rapper. Who are you to say what anyone can do with their life? If I get on stage and I ain't telling y'all no jokes, or if y'all listen to this podcast and it was flat as fuck, I would not want you all to continue to listen. This, this if I you listen is, and enjoy, yeah. then con- please encourage me. This, I think, is authentic. Like, yeah. You know, I, I really, like, this, I think, is the most resonant. Is this, uh, what, what is art? What is quality? How do, are we just being fangirls and fanboys? Or is this, like, really good shit? And you're saying it's great shit. No, no, no. I'm saying that track is fire. Regardless, the song, the actual artist, beat. No, her, her bars, the song, the beat, it's, it's fire. It's a fire. I'm working on track. it. I'm working on it, you Cardi. Know, but see, but this, this, is, this has always been me. I like the rest of development. I've been a corny nigga. You know what I'm saying? From day one. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but I, they The culture caught up to me. Like, I was a skinny nigga wearing tight clothes, <laughs> like, with a fucked up haircut, <laughs> like, you know, reading comic books. Playing video games. Now that shit's sexy. You know right, what I'm you're like, hey, I've been the at culture this. caught up to my ass. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> but I think there's a place for everybody, and that's like the bring it full circle. Though, like, why these kids are killing themselves? Why you know there's so much problematic shit out there in the art? It's because they're saying it's not. If you're not this, you can't be that, right? Yeah. And that, that, that says there's no space for you. There's no place for you. It's not healthy. Yeah. There's a place for everybody. 
even these little fucking Charlottesville niggas. It's a place for you. It's just not oh. a lot of places. Y'all can be, you know, over there and ostracizing society until you get your shit together. Because that's what cultures are about. We shame you until you get right. Yeah. But we, in order to get you right, we're there for you still. What we like to do at the, at the macro level thinking about it is like lock you away and forget about you. And that's what we did with this whole generation of kids. We locked them away. We put them in fucked up schools with not being educated properly. We forgot about the mental emotional development. Might make me fucked up teachers. You know what I'm saying? We did all of that. Yeah. Like we got administrators who don't give a fuck. Just can't wait to say they hate kids. You know what I'm saying? Like that's woo. It's hard out here. It's hard out here. I love kids. <laughs> it hurts to come out. I love kids. So I think that. I think that. Testament to this current reality is this uh, awareness, this cognizance, like this, 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 this need for self-care, right? This says, True stories. I'm not okay, and that's all right. It doesn't have. I don't have to not be okay. Though. And I'm. And I want to say to the culture, like we as black men and women, right? We can't be unwilling to have a conversation. Yet. Yeah, like that's what therapy really is. It's just yeah. a conversation. So I'm having to talk with the, with this person who's paid. Yeah, to, to listen and make better. me question and question my decisions to help me lead, like led to a understanding of what's going on. My, exactly. My therapist does the thing where she goes, uh, "Let's sit in this space for a minute." Like when we, like this is marriage counseling, not my personal therapy. It's marriage counseling. We have some emotional breakthrough, and she'll be like, "Let's sit in this space for a minute." You're like to just deal with the feeling. Of Cause remember, we can't be sad as men. Yeah. We can't, we can't, as black women, we cannot be strong. No. Right? And kids, even if, even if we go back to the kids, especially these kids that don't come from loving environments, they don't really have an opportunity to show emotion. So if they're attaching to, the emotion that they're attaching to is being presented to them through the music that they hear, then they're... It's being molded in that way. I guess that's what the why I thought this argue um, article was intriguing was because in working with kids, especially those kids that are tough or hard or don't really have an opportunity to just show love, yeah. like they see love as some sort of weakness, but they would more so attach to depression or anger than they would to love. What well, is uh, this is like the what the 2007 Erica Badu album. She's like, there's two things, there's fear and love. You know, we, we all vibrate on those frequencies, mm-hmm. the low or the high. And, you know, the fear of being socially outcast is big for children. We about to be 40. Well, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, some of us already are, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we had to work really hard through our peer groups to establish our identity. Yeah. Right, and, and I don't think we really recognize how much harder that is for kids in a profound way. It is hard. It's even hard for adults in some respects. Like some adults won't even want to go out when there's a large group of adults because they just don't feel comfortable being out. Yeah. You know, it just it's it's really fucked up. I just wonder if music has that much of an influence on our emotional development. As it seems. Okay, let's do this by example. <laughs> All right, put on a fire ass beat right now. See if your mood doesn't change. Let's put on <laughs> Bodak Yellow. 
Let's put on Bodak. You ain't got no like speakers. You can't really like black. Oh no! You see all these qualifiers. See, you got to have the bass. No, I'm not gonna put it in the same. No, I'm saying like it's. I could sing it for you. If you understand, if you understand the the body, right? There's a certain frequency that the body rocks on, and there's certain beats that can make that frequency go higher or low. Yeah, totally. That's just like reading a room. Right, okay, these niggas aren't really turned up like I need them to. Let me do something else, right? You put on this deep bass, you know what I'm saying? Or these jokes, like nobody, they're not feeling me right now, I need to turn it up. Yeah, well, see, this is weird as a comedian because you're in this delicate balance of people are here to laugh and you're here to uh, authentically for self-expression. You know what I'm saying? This is my story. You may not think it's funny. I think it's funny as fuck. Yeah. And you're going to fuck with me on my level? Right, and I wrote it so y'all can laugh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's, there's an honesty and earnesty there of audiences as well. I don't think all audiences are honest because I think we're so concerned about what the group thinks. Yeah. But I think if you're in the right atmosphere, which is what original Red Lab was, like it's dark, it's weird, it's uncomfortable, you know what I mean? It's tight. It's you know tight. I mean? The seats, it. it was like it's boxes belly, and seats. The floor is sticky, the speaker. <laughs> it was a mess. In, you know what I'm saying? Where does, why did we come here to do this? Nigga, because we need to talk about some real yeah, shit. Yeah, and it was just, <laughs> it was the shit. We had the little light top. Yeah, for sure, once you got up to the top, someone was there just raised it. <laughs> <laughs> it was thing. This is, and this is what my therapist says. But is it helping more than it's hurting? What? The comedy? The music. I, I can't speak for everybody. I would say that uh, for for children, for children that have largely been dismissed, it helps that they have community. Is, is it hurting? Certainly. If I knew there was an opiate epidemic and I was like, yo, Molly Perkins. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, why am I... The good thing is how they ain't got no damn money to buy all this shit. No, but that's, they don't even need it. They don't even need it. Their parents could just be like, have good health care. And they'd be like, hey. Or they could sell it and just skim a couple. Nigga, it's wild out here. These it's days. wild. So for me, it's like, like, knowing that you are engaging young minds. Me, knowing that I have young minds in development house. Yeah. If I'm aware that these are struggles, what am I going to do to get my shit on point enough to even engage them on their level? Am I going to be willing to engage and invest and help my community? We just forgot about each other. That's yeah. what the reality of what this is. But the election, where we are in this year, we just don't give a fuck about each other. No, we don't. And it, and you know why we don't give a fuck about each other? Because we don't give a fuck about ourselves enough to build and work, yo. Like, because together as one, we would just... We are the world. <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we got the world to make a it's just, yeah, like therapy is just a conversation with a person. They're listening, you know, and a lot of people aren't being listened to. Yes, um, we could talk more about this forever and ever, guys, but don't worry, don't be sad, because Russ Green will definitely be back with us. Oh, you're going to have me back? Yes, of course. There's right. so many things we could possibly talk about. Um, 
we would like to thank you for coming on the show because okay. yes, this was just quite an entertaining time. Yeah, I think I think the people will enjoy this episode. Sean, thank you for being you. Sean Maxi, what's the DJ name? LB, like I created. <laughs> Chicago Slim. <laughs> Sean, aka, he was also, uh, somebody great. named him as my uh, Ed McMahon. Who? <laughs> 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 I'm like, right, because like when, when, we, when we blow up, Sean gonna be right on that couch, cracking up, okay? <laughs> uh, thank you, Blue Microphones. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And this is Tony, Chicago Slim, and we are out. Peace, y'all. Thanks for having me. Yes.